This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion, addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at standupforthetruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've got a powerful show today talking about demonic, globalist, Marxist agendas with what I, who I believe is an expert on the issue. But, Mary, you've got a Bible verse I think is very applicable. Do you want to give that, Isaiah, a shout-out right now to yeah. kick things off? Yeah, I think this is a good way to start things off because as the times get darker, this verse is always on my mind, and it's Isaiah 33, 6. It's almost as though Isaiah was peering into our day to, to bring <laughs> us comfort via the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 33, 6 says, Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. So you have to ask yourself, are these unstable times? Mm. They certainly are. Do they make us feel unstable? Well, they certainly can. But what strengthens us here, according to Isaiah, is wisdom from the word. Uh, and the Holy Spirit, um, knowledge is, you know, discernment, understanding, information, but wisdom is how to use it in a godly manner. And I love this part. The fear of the Lord is our treasure. Uh, it, that Excellent. literally means our storehouse, our supplies, our cellar in unstable times. So when times are lean, when the shelves are bare, uh, the fear of the Lord that keeps us from error and being led astray is our treasure. So I would encourage you to seek that knowledge and wisdom from the Lord. Amen. In shaky times, we serve an unshakable God. Amen. And Jesus himself, the cornerstone. Um, we are excited to have back with us. It's been quite a while, but he's been a busy man. Curtis mm. Bowers of Agenda Weekly. He's a producer of the award-winning documentary Agenda, Grinding America Down and Agenda Two. He's a former educator, father of nine, and a filmmaker. He served once as a, a member of the Idaho House of Representatives, mm -hmm. and we're just so blessed to talk about some of these issues with him today. Curtis Bowers, welcome to Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you so much for having me back. I appreciate it. We appreciate your time. So let's get right into, um, for our newer audience members, uh, people that have just maybe found us recently and especially have been waking up since the COVID lockdowns and the fear-mongering in the last couple of years, the threats to religious freedoms, maybe they have not heard about your documentary agenda. I would love for you to share a little bit about your background and what brought you to that point of producing that award-winning documentary. Well, yes, I think it, what happened was back in 2008, I was a state representative in Idaho, and it was something new I hadn't really planned on. I got appointed by the governor and kind of got thrown into this thing. And, and so I'm in there in Idaho back then was an 85% Republican state. So they, we had a super majority in the House and the Senate and the governor. I mean, kind of a dream that most states would go, oh, that'd be so nice so we could try to really pass some conservative legislation. Yeah. But we weren't able to get anything passed even with an 85% majority. And that's when I started to go, okay, something's going on here. Mm -hmm. And what happened is I started to dig in and study more. I had gone to this communist meeting back in 1992, an older gentleman who had written on communism back in the 50s and 60s. He saw that, you know, after the Berlin Wall had come down in 1989, and the Soviet Union had dissolved in 1991, he saw, now it's the summer of 92, 
and they're having a meeting. What in the world are they meeting about? Their communism is dead, and we won. And so he sent me to this meeting at the University of California, Berkeley. And during the weekend, they discussed all their plans, how they were going to take America down from within, because it was the most evil country mm. that had ever mm. existed, and on and on they went. And and so I listened, I took notes, and pretty much I sent the information to that gentleman and forgot about that meeting and just kind of moved on in life. And then 16 years later, I'm a representative, and that that was the first time I'd thought about that meeting since then. But as legislation was coming to my desk in Idaho, which is the most conservative state in the nation, I started to go, wait a minute. And there was these environmental policies that were coming across that were trying to be passed. And businessmen were calling me and saying, if you pass this legislation, it's not going to help the environment at all, but it's going to destroy my business. And anyway, I thought back. I I, got, I called the, the gentleman who had had me go to the meeting and got some of my notes and things back I'd sent him. And at that meeting in 1992, one of the things they had said, and as I read it, I realized, oh, my goodness, they, they're doing this. They said one of our goals is to take down the free market system in America because it's so unjust and it's so wow. evil and on and on they went. And they and back in 92, now that, that's 31 mm-hmm. years ago, they said the only thing we think is capable of doing that is the environmental movement. Mm-hmm. Wow. And when they had said that, even in my notes I wrote, how would you do that? I mm-hmm. it, was, it was such a fringe movement in 92 that you're like, how could you stop... Yeah you know, McDonald's from selling their hamburgers or whatever. How could you do that with the environmental movement? It's just people in Oregon, you know, chaining themselves to trees and stuff like that. It was so fringe. Mm. But then 16 years later, 2008, Al Gore's, you know, movie An Inconvenient Truth had recently come out and everything. It was the biggest thing going. I realized, how did they do that? And so I started to then take very seriously all the, the rhetoric and all the agendas that the Marxists have had through the years. And as I started to dig in and study and go, wait a minute, these people, we've been told they don't even exist anymore. We've been told we beat them and they're gone. As I dug in and studied, I realized, oh my goodness, they have been making plans since the 1920s. Mm -hmm. And slowly and gradually behind the scenes, they've been checking their lists off. And many people were just awakening, even in the last couple of years, to realize what's happening to our country. Yes, But... I will tell you, and that's what my film goes into, it shows, no, no, this is a hundred-year march through the institutions of influence to change us as a people from within. And um, and I can get into some of the things I came across, but that's kind of how it started. And I realized as I came across more and more of their agendas, I realized people need to know that we have an enemy that is alive and well, and, and it's within. It's not the Soviet Union, which is an enemy, and Red China is a big enemy. But I go, we have a far greater enemy that's within, that's, that's right. slowly taking over the educational system, the media, Hollywood, you know, and all the institutions of influence. And then they're turning those against us um, to brainwash us and to get us to accept their ideas of a utopian tomorrow. But it's really just checking off their lists of things that will take America down from within. Curtis, I, I'm going to uh, leapfrog off of what you said, that it's been a 100 years of conditioning here. Uh, I was listening to uh, Agenda Weekly yesterday, and we can, we'll can we get into what that is and how people can access that. Um, 
Um, but you were doing an interview with Trevor Loudon, and the thing that caught my eye or my ear and really put it in perspective is that communism is an international behemoth <laughs> uh, because it takes over every aspect of a society. And so uh, in keeping with the headlines here, um, I guess give us some wisdom today about how international groups like the WEF and the WHO and the Green Movement, which you've already mentioned, are – are really starting to take over society with international treaties and things like that because the WEF, they want us to have a global ID and the WHO wants us to have a vaccine passport and the Green Movement wants us to have a carbon card. So we really are being uh, swallowed up by some of this. How are some of these international groups, um, how far gone is that anyway for us in the West? Yes, well, I mean, the World Economic Forum, if people haven't really paid attention to them, you've probably heard of them. Mm-hmm. They're having their yearly meeting mm-hmm. right now in Davos, Switzerland, um, but they are kind of the drivers now of throwing out the agenda as if, oh, it's going to save the planet mm-hmm. or it's going to help us all be economically you know, viable and it's going to be a blessing to the poor and all this stuff. It's the typical communist rhetoric yeah. of they always paint this beautiful utopia in the future where mm-hmm. you know man will <laughs> be equal and free and whatever. But, of course, that's not what it does. We look at history. It it enslaves people. It abuses people. It's the most murderous thing that has ever existed in the history of the world. Um, but those groups are just clever ways that the Marxists have set up things that don't look like they're Marxist, don't look like they're communist. Yes. They look like, oh, that's the World Economic Forum. That's about economics. Right. That's in the World Health Organization, <laughs> that's about health. Right. But, but, but even Tedros, who is the, the leader of the World Health Organization, a lot of people don't know this, he was one of the leaders of the Ethiopian Communist Party when, when he was in Ethiopia, and they picked him from the communist leadership there to lead the World Health Organization. Mm, great. And they call him Dr. Tedros, but he does not have a degree in medicine. It's all just smoke and mirrors. The wow. whole thing is a lie. And, um, and, and, just, and so, so those groups, again, have just put a veneer mm-hmm. of civility and of progress and of uh, you know, groups that are going to help mankind, but they're all on the same page doing the same thing, slowly tightening the noose mm-hmm. around the sovereignty of individual nations, about the sovereignty of individuals, where we're going to start demanding things worldwide, like through the World Health Organization, where, you no, know, you have to have a passport, a, a, a vaccine passport, mm-hmm. or you can't buy or sell, or so many of the biblical things that sounded crazy most of our life that right. Revelation talks about. Right. We didn't even realize how they would do that. How could you have a mark where you can't buy or sell? And I remember as a kid reading Revelation, going, I wonder what the, how what that would be like. Mm-hmm. Well, we see today that that was, is very uh, simple technology um, that at some point will be implemented for those purposes of the Antichrist, and that will be one that's identified with him specifically. It won't be you won't accidentally be taking the mark of the beast. But uh, but anyway, so yeah, those groups are just there to add legitimacy to the Marxist cause to create world government and to have, you know, totalitarian control over everybody. And that's, that's what they're for. 
Mm-hmm. Curtis, by the way, we want to thank you uh, for Trevor Loudon for introducing us because in, in Agenda, that's when I first saw or heard of Trevor Loudon. We've had him on the podcast many times. And so I want to thank you uh, because it was the documentary Agenda that I first uh, figured out why wow, this guy's great. And by the way, one of the things he says was one of the first things you said in this podcast that they could never take America down militarily or by force. So the agenda was to do it from within. And cultural Marxism was one of the methods. That's one of the things they're doing at Antonio Gramsci, the, the progressive march through the major institutions. Explain to us how a lot of people don't understand this, that they're very patient on the left. And it's, it's been, you said the 1920s, I believe, 1930s, and they've been pushing this and, and infiltrating all the major institutions for 100 years. So explain how so many people are just now hearing just because of maybe COVID and maybe that they, they gave the government so much power. It's been this has been set up to do that in, in their agenda all along, hasn't it? Yeah. And, and, and it, those that are hearing some of this and they go, man, I've never heard about that. Mm-hmm. Or it's it, there's so much documentation to prove that it's true. There's so many books that have been written on this. It's just information they've with, withheld from you, so you don't know about it. But don't let your mind think, oh, that sounds crazy. It's not crazy. There's so much documentation. Mm-hmm. There's a book by M. Stanton Evans called Stalin's Secret Agents. And this just shows how long this has been going on. But he was a Yale researcher. I mean, an incredibly respected man. He's, he died a few years ago of cancer. But his in that book, he documents that in FDR's administration back in the 1930s and 40s, in his administration, there was over 200 Soviet agents in, in, in positions of power, over 200. And wow. he documents it all from congressional record, from declassified uh, FBI documents and different things like that. So it's uh, totally 100% factual. And what happened is they got in there and they've never been uprooted. And, and a communist of all people is just satanically committed to the cause. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to comprehend because they are so committed to work towards something. Even if they don't see it in their lifetime, they're just all in. <clears throat> and um, and so that, that again, begin to grow. Here's, I'll read a few of these for you. These, here's a list of their goals. This is from the Communist Party USA, back from the 1950s yes. America. Yes. Just listen to a few of these, because these really shook me up when I read them in 2008 for the first time. I thought, oh my goodness, this enemy is very specific. They are checking off an agenda. It's yep. not just some, oh, let's just wreck America. It's, no, no, we've mm-hmm. got to have a very specific plan for that. But here, listen, people, to these. These will... And these goals were even read into the congressional record of the United States in 1963. So these were out in the open. People knew about them. It's not some conspiracy or something. Congress read all of these publicly in 1963. But here they are, a couple of them. Goal number 17, get control of the schools, use them as transmission belts for socialism, soften the curriculum, and get control of teachers' associations. Mm-hmm. Now, now we've seen in the last few years as these these schools are going off the deep end, mm-hmm. just brainwashing our children and teaching them garbage at a young age. Well, that was a plan. That was all, and to teach them socialist principles. This is 1950s America. This was their goals. Yeah, um, and we see that happening. And when you when someone makes a goal that that back in the 50s, 
anyone that read these, and I've asked many people that are older that were alive in the 50s about these goals, I go, in 1950s America, would you have thought that could ever happen? Mm. And without exception, they go, no. I've talked to many people like my own father who read this book in the 1950s that had these goals in them. And he said, yeah, reading them back then, I thought that's the dumbest thing ever. None of these will happen. <laughs> Listen yeah. to a few more mm-hmm. that relate to the church and relate mm. to people being uh, Christians and things. Goal number 24, eliminate all laws governing obscenity by calling them censorship and a violation of free speech and free press. Mm. <laughs> Isn't that yep. amazing? Yeah. Our enemies knew you get an obscene culture, it will collapse mm-hmm. on itself. I mean, look at our culture today. When I was a kid, nobody w- was cursing and doing things like that in public. They might have done it in their private life. They might have done it with their buddies around the corner in the dark alley. But in public, I remember one time a gentleman said the word hell in front of me. And he was a very rough character. He came over and apologized to me. Wow. He said, son, I'm so sorry for saying that. I didn't see you standing there. I mean, just using the word hell in the 1970s. He realized, no, you don't do that in front of a child. That is totally wrong. Mm. That's how far we've come. Yep. Anyway, uh, goal 25, listen, to, boy, this one really hits home with, the, with the, the devastation that's happened to our country because they've accomplished this goal. Here it is, 25. Break down the cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography in books, magazines, motion pictures, radio, and TV. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They say 80% of men in America are addicted to pornography and 40% of women. That's how much we've changed. But they knew you get pornography out there, you you will have immorality. Mm -hmm. And when you have immorality, the families start falling apart. And then the bottom line is they knew, and then we will get to raise the children. Mm -hmm. The the goal is always the children, Mm -hmm. because that is the future. They've always understood that. Um, Goal 27 infiltrate the churches mm-hmm. and replace revealed religion with social religion. Social justice. Discredit the Bible. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. I mean, but, but so there's 45 of these goals that they had. But when you see that, and I remember when I first read that, I go, oh, my goodness. And they're so specific in so many mm-hmm. different areas of what they want to do. And then they've done them. You, you, it makes you realize, okay, we do have an enemy from within, and we need to pay attention to what's going on and, and get serious about protecting our children and our families and, and to stand up and speak the truth about these things so people aren't gullible to believe the things they say that sound good mm-hmm. but are not good. Right. right. Hey, Curtis, it's funny. We were thinking the same because I have some of these in front of me this morning, too. And a couple of just a couple more that really struck me. Present homosexuality, degeneracy and promiscuity as normal, natural and healthy. Um, discredit and eventually dismantle the FBI, um, transfer powers of arrest from the police to social agencies, defund the police. Yeah, that's when, and this is from the 1940s and 50s. Yes. And it's interesting, this was along the same time that Margaret Sanger was pushing uh, feminism, women's liberation, birth control, and Alfred Kinsey was pushing his smut and over at Indiana University. Mm-hmm. And here's what we have now. But I want to talk about that for a moment, Curtis Bowers, because... People, we remember our grandparents or great-grandparents, the word gay meant, it was, I mean, it's even in a Christmas carol, right? Uh, you know, gay meant just happy, you know, it just didn't mean what it means today, but they started using 
you know, gays, just say gay. In fact, that was part of their agenda in that aspect to normalize homosexuality, use the word gay as, as often as possible to just make people so used to it. And our great-grandparents would never imagine pride parades in some of our city streets. Yeah. Curtis, I would love your thoughts just on this topic. Yeah, and also just think of that word gay. Yeah, if even the Fred Flintstones, you know, we'll have a gay old yeah. time. It meant happy. <laughs> yes, that's it right. meant, but, but they pick, they, they are masters mm. of using words to change definitions, to destroy, to manipulate. Gay, happy. That's the, the, the least, that, that's the least likely word I would use to describe that community. Mm. If you get to know that they are suffering, yes. they're hurting, they're, many of them are in that lifestyle because they were abused as children and stuff. It, it, it's so far from that. You look into their eyes and you'll see it's, it's not gay. Mm. It's not happy to be in, mm. ens, enslaved in a lustful lifestyle. Why? Because lust is never satisfied. Mm. What a horrible situation where you, you, you've, you've given love up for lust, and it's just this unquenchable desire. So, you no, know, I, it, it's, but, but that's typical communist strategy. They'll flip the words where it's the opposite of what it really is to just start. It's political correctness. It's how they twist, they, they change definitions, and then it, it totally, um, it confuses people where then it's hard to even communicate because you don't know what what you're really saying. I mean, like social justice, you know, they yep. think the word justice and you think, oh, justice is good. That's good. But then they put a modifier in front of it, which means you're not going to have justice at all. But people think, <laughs> no, it's right because that justice, I've heard justice is good. So social justice mm -hmm. is good, too. And anyway, but they've done that with the yeah. environmental movement, with yes. every movement. They've given it words. Um, emphasize the, the, the slogans and things that confuse people about the real intentions, about the real purpose. Um, but they, they realize the family has got to go. That, that, it's back. I've read so many books that were written over the last 150 years since Karl Marx, and he emphasized to the family has got to go. That's God's institution. Yeah. So they've done everything they can to break down the family. The idea of marriage is between a man and a woman, and, and, and a family is that situation and stuff. Um, and they, they've tried to just change all those things, and many people have bought into the lies, and they have suffered because of it. Curtis, can we talk about the environmental movement a little bit here before we have to take our, our break? Um, there, you, I've heard the expression environmental justice. We've heard the Biden administration and other globalists say climate change is an existential threat, their words, to humanity. So that means man is the problem. The earth has to be saved somehow. And they'll use almost anything to affect our lives, to take control over our lives. And the most recent thing we've heard that seems to us as ridiculous is banning gas stoves. The Biden administration was considering doing this over alleged health concerns. AOC from New York tweeted, did you know that ongoing exposure to NO2 from gas stoves is linked to cognitive, reduced cognitive performance? And of course, AOC should know something about reduced cognitive performance. But anyway, Curtis, seriously though, this, they're using this, and my theory is, one of my theories, <laughs> is that they throw out something so ridiculous, but yet will affect over 40% of people that have gas stoves. And then, okay, that's outrageous. And then they'll walk that back a little bit and say, okay, maybe we're not going to ban them. 
But then you've got the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission discussing stopping production of new gas appliances and encouraging people to stop using them. So, Curtis, your thoughts? This is all under the banner of environmental activism, isn't it? Oh, um, completely. And it's, I, I think one of the one of the keys of that are, um, it, one, it hurts business. Restaurants have to use mm-hmm. gas stoves mm-hmm. um, to get the heat quick and to be able to cook and to do things. Electric stoves are so slow in comparison. Mm-hmm. But I think the reason they're doing it, one of them, is because gas stoves give you independence. If the power's out, you can still use your gas stove. Wow. If you're, it's, you can have your own propane tank in your yard where you are in control of that. You, mm-hmm. you have the freedom to, to cook something whenever you want to. Once everything's electric and it's all in the grid, if they shut wow. the grid down, you have nothing. You, you can't do anything. You can't even yep. cook a meal. And so it's, it's a power play. Um, and natural gas is so inexpensive. They want it to be more expensive. Electric's yep. going to be double the price mm-hmm. of those things. Natural gas, mm-hmm. we have enough in America, just in America, for 400 years. That's how much natural gas we have right here if we were digging in to use it and to get it and to use it for our power plants. And it, they've got them where they're so clean today. So they don't want that. So they're getting people away from natural gas. That's one of the main uses of natural gas in America is the stoves. And so if they get rid of those, the whole infrastructure of the natural gas distribution will start wow. disappearing. Wow. And they'll soon say you can't have a gas furnace in your home. and you can't. So it's, it's independence, it's, 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 and it's inexpensive. They want us to be poor. They want to create poverty so that mm-hmm. creates dependence. They want us to have to be dependent on their universal basic income, where you have to get your check from the government each month to survive because everything is so expensive. You can't pay the bills. A lot of people don't understand why they love inflation. That's one of the reasons it creates poverty. And a lot of people that are naive think, well, why would they want poverty? Because when you're poor, you need help from them. And when you need help from them, you're going to vote for them. The people that say, yeah, we'll give you that check. And so it gives them enduring power. But a couple of things real quick. Do we still have a minute? Yep. Uh, Five minutes. Okay. On the environmental movement, it's the biggest movement. It's the one that will never go away, no matter how many facts we have to show, oh, this is a lie, this isn't right. Because the reason is you can't step down from a movement of saving the planet to something else. You'll lose all your people. It's such a, a massive yeah. endeavor that you can't come back down from that. So it'll never go away. Um, and it's biblical in that the Bible tells us they'll be worshiping the creation instead of the mm-hmm. creator. Mm-hmm. But yes. here's just a couple quick facts about it so people know it's a lie. The, the founding premise of the entire thing is carbon dioxide is a pollutant. Well, that sounds really nice unless you've studied biology and things. Carbon dioxide is plant food. And here's some things people need to understand. Greenhouse growers pump carbon dioxide into their greenhouses to double, triple, and quadruple the level so that plant growth just explodes. A a, a tomato plant or, or whatever, when you have it inside of a greenhouse and you're able to quadruple the amount of CO2 in there, it produces twice as many tomatoes. Okay, so it, it, it's a blessing. And the plant grows at twice the speed as the one that doesn't have that. Hmm. So the, that whole premise is just a complete lie. Everything that is green 
love CO2, and the current levels of CO2 in the world are about 425 parts per million. Well, that doesn't mean anything to anybody unless you go, what's the optimum level for things that are green? If you're going to call yourself the green movement, I want to know what's best for what's green. Because we do want what's best for what's green. The optimum level, this will blow your mind, is 1,600 parts per million. We're at one-fourth of the optimum level of CO2 in the atmosphere for everything that is green to be healthy and strong and to just just explode with growth and life. And yet their, their movement is to cut carbon dioxide, and we don't. The reality is Amer- uh, uh, humans don't create a fraction of it anyway, so we can't do anything to affect it. But if we could, we would want to create more carbon dioxide um, that comes off the oceans and everything else. We have very little, maybe 1% influence on the carbon dioxide levels. But if we could, we'd want to have machines pumping carbon dioxide out all day long, Mm. and you would see oak trees grow to maturity in 25 years instead of 50 years. Everything would double its, its growth rate. So that's the first lie of the environmental movement. Second one is warming as an enemy. That's a total lie. You go down, I've stood on the equator in Ecuador. Hmm. You go down right there where it's the hottest, and the biodiversity of plants and animals is incredible. Life loves warmth. It's the, it's the greatest thing for everything living is warmth. Cold is the enemy of life. If you start walking up through America and then Canada and up toward, you'll see that as it gets colder and colder, hardly anything can survive. Mm. There, there are fewer animals, fewer plants, fewer everything. If we could warm the earth a degree or two, it would be wonderful. It would not be a negative thing. It would be a positive thing. You'd be able to have growing seasons long enough in Canada, in Russia, to, to triple the, the, the amount of food grown in the world. It would be a blessing. So that's a total lie. All their premises are a complete lie, but that's what is the reason they do that is because that is what brainwashing is. Yep. Wow. And we've connected some dots. Actually, Curtis Bowers of AgendaWeekly.com has helped connect some dots. When we come back, how did the left get so many people to believe these lies? And a lot more next on Stand Up for the Truth. Keep it right here. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our special guest today, Curtis Bowers, AgendaWeekly.com. Over on the front page of his website, it says, Uncover the agenda behind the news. As the Marxist revolution accelerates, our country is in crisis. Unmask America's enemies discover their strategy, and combat their influence with truth. And you can subscribe and you can watch the trailer of Agenda Weekly at AgendaWeekly.com. Curtis, we've got to briefly go back to this um, the threat of the gas stoves because Mary, before we got on the podcast this morning, showed me a video. And, And first I wanted to laugh, but then I thought how sad this is that so many have bought the lies, that they're really fearful and believe this. So, friends, there was a teacher with a Black Lives Matter mask on, and she had a, literally a mask that we're supposed to wear during COVID, right? She s- said, she, I'm staying in my bedroom because I have a gas stove. She says, are you vaccinated? And do you have a gas stove? Two of the most important things on her mind that th- this she was so fearful. And so this is propaganda. This is communist policy, and this is in America. Curtis, your thoughts on this, because I think it's so sad. 
Well, I mean, fear has always been an incredible weapon. Um, mm-hmm. they, they make us fearful of things, and, and then they use that. Because when you're fearful, you will do things that you normally wouldn't do. You'll allow others to do things you normally wouldn't do if they'll just take away the fear. So it's it's a manipulation technique that the Marxists are excellent at manipulation yes. and deceitfulness. And and so that's what it is. It's just you, you, you have people and the majority of people watch the mainstream news every day. And those people, as they sit there and they hear the same thing over and over again, you better be careful. You get that mask on or you don't have it. Let, let it slip an inch or you might die. And, and, and they, they listen and they believe they're naive and they believe what they're told, mm-hmm. not realizing, wait, wait, who, who supports this show? Oh, Pfizer's the funder of this show. Oh, yeah, I, I bet you they're going to be pushing the vaccine on this show. I mean, it, it's not going to be biased and everything. But that's what it is. And it's, it, I think over as they've dumbed our culture down, which is one of the goals on the list, as, as they have um, just made people, they've turned us away from God, the, the culture on a whole. Um, it's just, we've, we've become very weak and fearful people. We've become very um, easily manipulated. And it's very sad because a, a Christian of all people should not be like that. We're not supposed to fear anything except God. Mm-hmm. And, and when COVID first happened, I go, this is ridiculous. I saw Christians just in paralyzed fear. I go, no, the Christians are the ones that if it even is really a, a dangerous thing, we're the ones going into the hospitals and taking care of these people and sharing the gospel with them. Realize if I'm supposed to die, I'm going to die, but I'm, I'm not supposed to be fearful of, I'm going to hide in my home instead of go out and help people in need or whatever. Mm. So we're, uh, we, we, we've bought into the, just the manipulation of the world, but, but it's one of their key goals. They always try to create fear with climate, with, you know, wars, mm. with, with anything they can. Rumors of wars. <laughs> too, that's right. Because right? so, right. when you're fearful, mm-hmm. you, you'll just submit to things that you normally wouldn't. By the way, um, I'm going to let Mary take the next question, but I want to mention we have resources on our website, over 200 resources. Get the truth at standupforthetruth.com. At the front, at the top, it says resources, and Curtis Bowers is one of those 200, over 200 now, with Agenda Weekly. Mayor? The interesting thing about this, Curtis, as we're talking here, is it's striking me that there's a there's a subtlety about this 100 years worth of conditioning, and there's an overtness, too, because there's nothing subtle about these 45 um, goals, and there's mm-hmm. nothing subtle about Klaus Schwab and his uh, global reset, uh, and his, doesn't he have a statue of uh, Vladimir Lenin in his office? Yes, which is so interesting. Just think of people <laughs> listening. This. Just think about this. And it's in his interviews. When you watch him be interviewed, it's on his shelf right behind him. Mm-hmm. Goodness. Obviously purposefully placed there to let you know who he really is. I mean, Vladimir Lenin is the founder of Marxist-Leninism, which is is absolute totalitarian mm-hmm. control. You kill all opposition. It, there's no mercy for anyone. That He's the one that added to Marxism, Leninism, which is just absolute, uh, you know, 1984 type controls of people to get to make them do what you want them to do. And he's got that bus sitting there on his shelf. No, they, I think, sometimes almost are mocking us because mm-hmm. they think, oh, these people are stupid. Yes. They don't even see what we're doing. Yes. His, you know, predictions for 2030 were just in a few years now, seven years from now, he says, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow. what kind of crazy? 
Yeah. Um, you, you know, and, and, and so many people, though, that are, again, naive, they're all, oh, oh, okay, well, I guess if we don't own anything, that'll save the planet. So I guess we better do that. <laughs> well, and you know, the, the Build Back Better, that was uh, a phrase that was started by the WEF. Um, the yep. Great Reset, Build Back Better. It's it's it's, uh, it's cut communist of, policy, and it's it's meant to be digestible by Americans. And by the way, Curtis, I want to get your thoughts on this. It, most people don't realize when Joe Biden was campaigning for president, that was one of their slogans: "Build Back Better." And where did he get that? And what does that mean? I mean, he seems like they've just destroyed everything instead of building things back better. Well, I mean, if you even really look at that phrase, build back better, that means you have to have torn everything yep. down. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can't build yes. back until you've removed the building from that's the right. foundation that's and right. to rebuild. So, And that's what they are talking about. That's what it means. We have mm-hmm. to destroy everything. And their mm-hmm. own writings say this. Mm-hmm. If you, I've, Again, I've read so many of their books and articles <laughs> and speeches over the years, and we have to just t- t- wipe the slate clean of everything, destroy the economy, destroy the family, destroy every business, and then we will build it back the way we want it to be, which is them sitting there as kings and and rulers over the peasants. And um, one of their main goals that that I think they're really starting to to work more in earnest for is to cut the world's population – by 7 billion people. And again, that's their writings. That's not me that's exaggerating right. something. They said we need their commandment number one for the 21st century is maintain the Earth's population below 500 million people. Wow. That's their own first commandment in their new Ten Commandments that Mikhail Gorbachev, the communist dictator, wrote. Um, and that's, you know, that that's where they're going. But we, I don't know if a lot of people have paid attention to what's going on all over the world where they're stopping farming to save the planet. Yep. They're stopping the production of fertilizers to save the planet. The war in Ukraine, they're one of the most productive agricultural countries in the world, but they're not able to plant this stuff because they're at war. A year from now, we're eating this year, we're eating the food that was grown last year, which is obvious. But next year... You're going to see people all over the world struggling hmm. to survive, and many, many millions will starve to death. It's just so evil. But that fits in their plan. They do not want so many people to have to control. And But again, they talk about that in their own writings, yes. too. Yes, and Bill Gates has openly said, yeah, yeah. we need to uh, reduce the population. And we can talk about that in a minute, Curtis. But think about all the things they're using abortion, birth control. There, and some, even in America, in five or six states, I believe euthanasia is legal. Um, they're, so they're using these things. Uh, most Down syndrome babies are murdered before they're even born. I don't remember yeah. what, the, what the percentage is. But now the environmental movement is trying to do this. People are going to starve. And now we have this vaccine that seems to cause some people some health problems. Curtis, would you like to comment on that? Well, I mean, again, just all the actual facts. I mean, Dr. Peter McCullough, who's one of the top doctors in the entire world, he talks about this extensively in his videos. But, no, the adverse events from it are off the charts. Yes. They estimate about 450,000 people. And he just said this a week or two ago. And he's one of the top doctors in the world. Um, it looks like at least 450,000 people in America have died from taking the shot. When nobody talks about that. 
Mm. They're, they're like, what? Um, and that's what he said out of his mouth. And you can go watch his videos, Dr. Peter McCullough, and you'll see how respected he is. He's the most published doctor in the world. Yes. He's published more medical articles because he's so respected. So, yeah, it, it's, it's causing blood clots, obviously. I mean, we see young people. Just last week, I was reading through a list of just last week in America, how many young athletes in mm. their teen years dropped dead of a heart attack during sporting events. Yeah. It was over 15. But yeah. he just dropped dead in the middle of a sporting event in their teen years in high school. Um, well, that's not normal. No, we've Those never seen this happen before. every no. now and then. I mean, someone's overweight and it's really hot in the summer football practices or something. I've seen that happen before and they have a heart attack. But it's not normal, the level it's happening now. Just last week, three different police officers in Massachusetts dropped dead of a heart attack. Just every day, three in this one area, there was an article in the paper about it. So it's deadly, but it fits into the plan. It definitely, too, as the study has been done now, it cuts the fertility rate That's in people. Right. Yes. It, it, it's very harmful to the woman, but it also cuts the fertility in the, in the male. And so, but that's, they want that. And that's why they're pushing the transgender movement. Oh, my goodness, yes. Once you mutilate these poor children, they're never going to be able to have children. Yeah. I mean, so they're done forever. Um, before they even know what that means to have yeah. children or have a relationship with someone, or they don't even understand those things. Um, but that's all these things. I mean, we had a great victory, which was wonderful last year on Roe v. Wade. Yes. But I saw, oh, here's how they're overcoming that. Just a week ago, Walgreens and CVS Drugs are now just selling the abortion pills yeah. over the counter. Mm -hmm. So, so all the states that, yeah, it's against the law here. Well, it's, you can go to Walgreens and get a pill that'll have an abortion for you. Mm. It's just terrible. What They love death. And that, that, but that's what the Bible says. All those that hate me love death. I mean, that, that is what this is about. It is satanic to the core. I've done many episodes showing, yeah, there's a lot of useful idiots in the movement. But you go to the top people, they do know what they're doing. And they are wicked people that are satanically love the lust of power. I mean, one of the top ladies in the abortion movement said, it makes me feel like God every time I have an abortion. Wow. Because I'm able to destroy life, end life. How, yeah. how demonic, right? Yes, yeah, it's, it's absolutely demonic. Yeah. And that, but we need to know that that's what the Bible tells us in yes. Ephesians 6. It says, this is a spiritual battle against principalities and powers. And, and so we need to know that as Christians, okay, God already told us this is a spiritual battle. Yeah. So this is the, the people that are against God, they're satanic whether they know it or not, because they're working for the, 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 the master of deceit that is the father of lies. And that's why all this stuff is lies, too, because mm -hmm. Satan is the father of it, like the Bible tells us. And, and referring to some of the studies that are coming out now, I think some are coming out just to cover their butts. American Heart Association publishes a study confirming mRNA vaccines may contribute to myocarditis. And Curtis, the media is absolutely complicit in these deaths because they have been the fear mongers themselves and they have not reported the truth. Just your thoughts. And then you're, we're going to just send people back to agendaweekly.com because where mm -hmm. do people get the news? The media is obviously ideologically driven today. Yeah, no, the people in America, even in Europe now, just this last week, they had a committee and top doctors that talking to their Congress and their, their elected officials saying, yeah, this, 
this myocarditis and stuff is definitely caused by the vaccine. And they're, they're starting to go, okay, young people should not take this shot. If you're under 40, you shouldn't take the shot. America is the only country that keeps pushing it yes. as if, no, you, have, you haven't got your booster yet. They're just ignoring all the facts, mm-hmm. yeah. all the science, all the, the, the reality of what's going on, and they just keep pushing it. And it's, I mean, it's about money. Almost every news station is funded by Pfizer. If you look on their commercials, even they have Pfizer commercials on almost every newscast um, yeah. of the legacy media. Yeah. And so it's about money. It's like get as many people as possible because they're not liable. They don't, if people die, it doesn't hurt them. The government gave them total immunity from any kind of lawsuits or anything. So if you take the shot or your child takes the shot and you die, you can't go, well, I'm suing them. for No, you can't sue anybody. It's your problem. Mm. Um, so it, just that alone, forcing people to take a shot that has immunity, where, no, if something happens to you, it's your problem, um, is crazy. But but it's, it's, it's where we are. It's why we started Agenda Weekly. Because yep. I noticed, as a lot of people have, so many people on our side, they, they want to know what's going on, which that's a natural desire. So they spend 20, 30 hours a week watching the news. But then he, mm-hmm. as I travel with my family all over the country, I notice something. Even after they've spent 20, 30 hours a week <laughs> watching the news, they still don't know what's going on. And I was like, that's a problem because there's so many confusing messages. It's still hard to figure out, okay, what's the truth here? So Agenda Weekly was us going, okay, I'm going to spend the whole week going through the news and watching videos and reading books Mm -hmm. and then try to consolidate that from a biblical Christian worldview and say, here's the main news stories of the week. Here's things you can be praying about Mm -hmm. and action items you can be doing, because as Christians, we're supposed to be doing things, not just watching Mm -hmm. things. Um, and then here's a video of me talking, maybe educating you on a, a particular issue or something going on so you'll understand the times mm-hmm. and, you, and you won't be deceived by the lies being told. And that's that's what it's all about. And that's what we we're doing there. It's five dollars a month. It does cost something because we spend all of our time and I have my son in law and some different people helping me. Um, but it's it's trying to provide a resource. So excellent. It saves people time. So then they can have that time to go make a difference, to share the gospel with their neighbors, to spend time with their children and grandchildren, Mm. to go on a date with their spouse and things like that that are meaningful and important um, instead of just staring at the TV going, oh, I wonder what's going on. Yeah, I'd really encourage people to um, get the subscription to Agenda Weekly because, uh, you know, the more you know, the more you can uh, share with people around you who may be wondering what's going on in the world. I'm thinking of First uh, John 5.19, the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one. If that isn't true, mm, yes. um, and I love the, the title of Agenda 2, Masters of Deceit. And I think, uh, Curtis, you know, the WHO met last week uh, to talk about getting a global vaccine passport. The EU already has one. A lot of people don't realize the EU already has one where you have to either be texted or vaxxed to travel amongst the member states of the EU. I know that doesn't make the, the media very much, but how is this uh, passport that they're talking about that they want to implement through an international treaty? Now, I, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's going to actually force people to get, I mean, I guess I'm stating the obvious here. But we need to really think this through, how this could actually force people to get it. And if you don't, you will not be a contributing member of society financially or in any way. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we need to, I mean, we're, we're, God had us born for such a time as this. Amen. Whoever's listening to that, he, he said, no, I want you born mm-hmm. now. 
you have the most pivotal time in the history of the world where technology has finally enabled man to totally control mm-hmm. every human on the planet. And so, and God said, nope, I want them there. Mm-hmm. So what do we do with these? We stand against them. We educate others about them. When they do say, oh, you have to do this, we say, no, we're not doing that. You have no authority to have us do something like this, and I'm not doing something to hurt my temple, and I'm not being involved in your little scheme. The good news is, I think millions of people in America have been waking up over the last couple of years. We have more people alert and aware and starting to study and learn what's going on here because they can tell we've been lied to about everything, Mm -hmm. and I want to know the truth. So, yes, they're going to keep pushing these schemes. But they're only going to push it so far as they can push it. And when we say, no, we don't want your digital currency. No, we don't want your universal IDs. No, we don't want your universal basic income. And we refuse to take, say, no, we're not being involved in your illegal and and unjust little schemes to control and use man. Then, again, God could bless our efforts where they're like, have a tough time implementing these things Mm because there's millions that say, no way. And we're not doing that. Yeah. That's wrong, and we're not doing it. And so that's, again, that's, that's our side. That's the, the purpose and the meaning in life is standing for the truth, speaking truth, and then living the truth, where you, your life is consistent with what you say you believe. If you are Christians listening to this, you better have a life that looks like you're a Christian. Mm. Otherwise, you're making Amen. Jesus look bad, and we can't do that. Our whole purpose in being alive is to make Jesus look good. Amen. And that's why we do things differently as Christians. We have a different, different standard for the thing, the movies we watch and the things we do. Because no, no, Jesus does make a difference and he does have standards. He is holy. And I want to be a good ambassador for him on this earth. And if you do it, if you just say, I'm all in, I'm doing it. You're going to see what he does with your little loaves and fishes and your, oh, I don't have much. Yeah, that's right. I don't have much either. I just look at my life. At 32, I gave my life to the Lord and said, what do you want me to do? I'll do anything you ask me. You mm. just make it clear. And he has used me to do so many things. And it makes me laugh because I go, I didn't have hardly anything to give him. He said, I don't need anything. I just want the willingness of the person to go, I'm in. I'm, I'm totally in. Mm. I'll, I'll, I'll clean out my shelf of books that are not good or movies or what. I, I, I'm in. I'm done doing things my way. I want to do things your way. Mm-hmm. And he blesses that. And I've seen it in my own life and other people's lives. And that's what we need from you, the people that are listening to this. You need to just say, okay, I'm done doing things my way and, and just step up. And because it's, I, I just think it's an, the most exciting time in the history of the world to be alive. Um, so much going on, so many meaningful causes to stand um, against and for. And anyway, I just I, I want to encourage people on that. No, that was really good. And we need the encouragement because it, 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 these are trying times. And Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So we can have peace in him as things are seemingly going crazy around us and the, all the insanity that we have to deal with. But, Curtis, just a couple minutes left. I want to go back at least to the beginning of the Agenda documentary, Grinding America Down. You started with a quote from Joseph Stalin. It's, he said, America is like a healthy body, and its resistance is threefold. It's patriotism, it's morality, and it's spiritual life. If we can undermine these three areas, America will collapse from within. So let's bring it back to the United States. And we're talking about the globalism and the threat of the UN and the World Economic Forum and all that. And yes, they have had influence on America and the world. But 
It's within our own country. This is in our communities. This is in our local little public schools, in our libraries, and in our, our local businesses because they've infiltrated us. Um, Stalin, you know, he was evil, but that was, I would say that was spot on, and that's why you started opening people's eyes with the Agenda documentary. Uh, share a little bit more about how people can be more discerning and more perceptive of these areas that have already been influenced or infiltrated. Yes, well, they know all these things. When I first read through that list of goals years ago, I was so shocked that they saw so clearly, like pornography will destroy a country, mm-hmm. or obscenity, or you know these different things. Like, isn't that funny? We don't seem to get that, mm-hmm. but our enemy does. And then yep. uh, an older man that I was talking to, John Stormer, he said he explained to me why. He said, Curtis, it's because their commander in chief is Satan, and he knows exactly how God intended everything to be, and he's not stopping until everything has been turned on its head. And I go, oh, so he's the one that lets them know, yeah, push pornography, push this garbage. And because it doesn't make sense in a way, a lost man knows, oh, yeah, pornography will destroy this country, mm. you know, or whatever. And so that was really interesting to me and helpful in understanding that. But those listening, the, the whole war, it's against God. It's against truth. That, that's the whole, the whole battle. Um, and and they know that too, and that, that's why it's it's heating up now. Because as the church over the last hundred years has become just watered down in so many cases, there's still good churches, mm-hmm. but there's so few, uh, there's so many less of them than there was a hundred years ago. Yes. But Antonio Gramsci, who was the one that kind of came up with the strategy, he said, if you want to take a Christian country down from within, here's how you do it. He actually went to the Soviet Union back in the 20s and told this to Lenin himself. And Lenin said, no, we're going to have world communism, but it's going to be through world revolution. And he kicked him out of, of, of the Soviet Union, and he went back to Italy where he was from. He was a communist, and they threw him in, Mussolini threw him in prison, and he ended up dying in prison, but he wrote a book before he left here. <clears throat> yeah. Before he left, here's one of the sentences out of it. So you understand this war here. They understand it, and we need to understand it. Quote, any country grounded in Judeo-Christian values can't be overthrown until those roots are cut. Socialism is precisely the religion that must overwhelm Christianity. In the new order, socialism will triumph by first capturing the culture via infiltration of the schools, universities, churches, and media, and by transforming the consciousness of a society. Mm. I mean, wow. Did wow. you hear that, though? Socialism yes. is precisely the religion. It is a mm. religion. Oh, this, they are, it's a counterfeit religion they're yes. pushing with, through equity and all this, these new buzzwords they've come up with to talk about redistributing the wealth, which God hates. Because a workman is worthy of his hire, and if mm-hmm. man doesn't work, neither shall he eat. There's biblical principles. When you try to defy them, God destroys the system, even if it's mm. well-intentioned. If Christians, as they have done in the past, try to implement a socialist society, like the pilgrims first did when they first came here, it didn't work. Because <laughs> God says, no, you're defying my principles. And William Bradford, who was the governor of Plymouth Plantation, and in his own journal you can still read today, it's been reprinted, he said that. I, I, he said he was praying, asked God, why are our plans failing? We know you wanted us to come here. And he said, as I read the scriptures, I realized we are defying God's principles by sharing everything. 
He wow. wants each man to be responsible for his private property yes. and to be and to benefit from the productivity of it. And they next year they divided everything up and they had an abundance. Yeah, the lesson to be learned. Curtis Bowers, thank you thank so you. much, brother. God bless you, and we will send people to agendaweekly.com. Thank you. Thank you. All right, coming up tomorrow, you will hear from former Armory Army veteran Fernando Arroyo, who wrote a book called The Shadow of Death. He went through PTSD and unimaginable despair after returning from the service. Great inspirational story. Then Thursday, Pastor Scott Lively, another troublemaker for the kingdom. Friday, we have a news and commentary show. Bill Koenig next week, Marsha Montenegro, Tim Stevens, Paul Blair. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.